I'm Bill Small. And I'm Miles Hansen. Welcome to The Subtle Art of Not Yelling. A conversation about growing a business without needing to be the loudest person on the block. Less noise, more... (sighs) Hey, Bill. Hey, Miles. If you had to take away one of your senses, which one would you take away? Which one would you remove? You've got... Mm. You've got sight. This is gonna this is gonna sound crazy, but it'd be sight. It does sound crazy. That does sound crazy. So you've got sight, hearing, smell, taste, touch. Mm-hmm. I think there's maybe more, but you would take away sight. Why is that? Um, not that I actually want this to happen, because <laughs> I don't. But of course. <laughs> uh, first of all, I don't have great vision anyway. I really don't. I don't have great vision. I wear glasses uh, and have for a long time. Got it. As a musician, mm-hmm. I would never want to lose my hearing mm-hmm. ever, mm-hmm. though I'm more likely to than anyone else <laughs> from being a musician. Right. And I feel like I could still experience so many of the things that I love in the world, even if I couldn't see them. I love that. That's a that's a brilliant answer. I could see food. I could smell food. I could, uh, when you go to the beach, you can smell the beach. Right. I could still have that, and it might even be heightened. I could still touch things, and you know, etc. Yeah, it would make. I mean, that would make life hard. But I I agree with that. Oh, first off, I agree with the ears being. Hearing is my number one as well, because then if you can't listen to people talk and speak and music and sound, that's I think that's and it's amplified when you lose one sense, the other one goes, the others kind of compensate. So, yeah, that's a great answer. Okay, that's the end of this podcast. So I'll see you later. Thank you. Okay, so there's this thing that we need to operate in the world bill and it's really weird um it's called money and Mm. a lot of people some people have a lot of it some people don't have much of it some people feel like they can never quite get enough of it um but a lot of people have a weird relationship with money and i'm one of them how do you feel about money uh, that is a relationship that I've been working on for a really long time. Mm. I don't know if I've actually taken any ground. Sometimes it feels like I have. Sometimes it feels like I haven't. In my experience, I don't know anyone who doesn't have some kind of an odd semi-dysfunctional relationship with it, no matter how much money they may have. Right. Uh, it's a strange deal. When you get right down to it, what is money? It is simply a means of exchange. That's all it is. All the stuff we think about money and that we feel about money, that comes from us. It's meaning that we put on it. And since human beings are meaning-making machines, we make a lot of meaning around it. Well said, yeah. And I think it ties in oftentimes to really deep 
core beliefs that all human beings have that can limit what's possible for them. I, I know that when I became, this is a story I tell almost all my clients when we start talking about limiting beliefs, is that I remember when I decided that I was going to be fully self-employed in the music and entertainment industry back in the 90s. And I think one of the things that I had in my head was that I had to pay attention to money in a different way. Since I wasn't working a job where someone was going to hand me a paycheck every two weeks, I had to watch what I was doing a little more in a way. Right. How much do I need and where will that come from? And do I have enough work lined out to actually have that happen? Things like that. After about a decade of, of that, I realized that I was in this very frustrating cycle of feast or famine. Mm -hmm. I would have work and I would make enough money to get by, but never more than that for a period of time, six, seven months, and then I would have two or three months where I would have almost no work and be just up to the edge of everything falling apart. And then I'd get work again, lather, rinse, repeat, over and over and over again for a decade. Wow. It got a little tiring. And so I had to start really looking at it. Because I know that at least in the work that I do and the work I do with clients and I was already working with people and coaching people and had been through a lot, done a lot of work on myself. I thought, well, the only way I can change this is to look at me. Mm -hmm. What's going on with me that, that keeps having this pattern show up over and over and over and over again? And so I thought, okay, well, what am I paying attention to? Because what you're paying attention to is super important, right? Whatever you yeah. pay attention to, you give energy to, and that tends to give you your result. Yeah. And I realized that if my brain was left to its own devices, washing dishes, driving in the car, taking a shower, what I was thinking about was money. Mm. I was obsessed with thinking about money. I was thinking about it all the time. And to be more specific, I was thinking about the lack of it. Right. Because even when I had it, when there was money in the bank, I was looking at how long that was going to last and where yeah. I was going to get some more. And when there wasn't any money in the bank or not enough, then of course I was thinking about that. And the feeling was always the same. I never felt any different when I had money in the bank than when I didn't. And that feeling was unpleasant. It was a very unpleasant feeling thinking about money because the bottom line of it was it always felt like there was never enough. I cannot resonate more, Bill. <laughs> well, and I don't think you're alone. Uh, I talk to a lot of people about this. And yeah. It's a pretty common thing. And it doesn't always even matter what level of, of finance we're talking about. Right. Uh, I have a good it's friend whose work 
yeah, it is, who's worked with people who have what I would consider to be a whole lot more money than I do. Yeah. And they have a whole different set of problems. Right. They have a whole different set of issues to deal with around right. their relationship with money. And the funny thing is, I could tie all of that worrying about money for me and the way that it felt back to a limiting belief that I have about myself that I developed unbeknownst to me when I was a kid, which we all do. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, send me a message, I'll explain yeah. it to you. Uh, that I'm a screw up. Yeah. That oh, I mess man. things up. That that's what I do. Yep. And I can take the simplest thing and I can mess it up. And by the way, I can gather a lot of evidence to support that if I want to. Yep. And so I went to work on, I wouldn't say erasing that limiting belief because you can't do that, mm -hmm. but not living from it, not having it be what's driving the bus, so to speak. Yeah. The interesting thing is from time to time, that sucker just comes flying <laughs> back up in my face. Yeah. And it was funny because you mentioned this morning when we were talking about what do we want to talk about and you brought up money. And I was thinking before we got on the, on the session today, you know, maybe we should talk about money. Wow, yeah. Because for the last few, it's, it's easing up now, but certainly the first half of this year, it's been really in my face. Mm. And it's so interesting to me because... There's no reason for it. Mm -hmm. Everything's fine. Mm -hmm. I mean, my bills are paid. I'm okay. There's food in the fridge. Everybody's all right. Now, I'm not... I haven't reached my next goal of where I want to be financially. And I can't see a direct line of how I'm going to do that right this minute. Mm -hmm. I may never actually see the... The how. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't achieved the what. And there's some part of my brain that flips on that that becomes a problem. Right. Becomes an issue. Like there's something wrong. And then that triggers that limiting belief and that old feeling about lack and not mm. enough. And I'm clearly doing all of this wrong because I'm a complete and total screw up. Yeah. Just gets really in my face. Now on the upside, I know it. I can see it. Whereas 20 years ago, I couldn't see that. It was just what it was. Now I can see it so I can do something about it. But uh, it's, it's such a weird, it is such a really weird thing yeah the only thing that gets in our way around money or anything else really but certainly around money is us and our yeah. perception of it yeah. the box was created for people like us people who suffer from unfinished work shiny object syndrome fear of selling lone wolf syndrome going it alone procrastination perfectionism the Box is a container and community for creatives to stay accountable, do the work, and actually finish what you start. 
we don't always do well with discipline, consistency, and grinding our way through the creative process. We're not machines, but we also want our businesses to thrive. We want to build wealth and create a lot of cool stuff for the world. It's for someone who needs to get things done. So how does it work? It's simple. Live co-working sessions, coaching and support, accountability, and community. That's it. It's not teaching you anything new. It's giving you the structure to create with what you already know. Because amazing things happen on the other side of finished. Go to theboxworkshop.com to sign up and join the community. In the box, you'll finish what you started. You're basically saying this, like there's so much shame and guilt and identity around money. So like a narrative that's happened my whole life in my head and it comes and goes. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm good, you know, is that I'm not good enough. Like I'm not, you know, I compare myself. So there's, you know, I have friends that make like a shit ton of money and I'm like, well, I work, you know, harder than them. And I think that I, I don't think I'm dumb. Like, why am I making so, why am I making this when they're making that? And something that gave me a little bit of, um, just ease that up, that feeling was that I, I know really, really dumb people that make a shit ton of money. And I know really smart, intelligent, hardworking people that make next to nothing. Every single combination exists. There are millionaires that don't deserve it, you know, and the opposite. Um, that goes to show me that it's all fucking made up. At the end of the day, like, it's, it is a game. It, it's value. Like, how much value are you creating? And is it lining up with the amount that you have, like, perceived Anyway, I, I'm getting lost in my own freaking description of this, but the point is that we we associate our identity, our enoughness with the number, with the amount of money yeah, that and we you, have or make. You used a word, deserve. Yeah. And you could say that it all has to do with your level of deservingness. <laughs> yeah. You know, how much do you as a person actually deserve? Yeah. And we could do a whole nother episode on pricing which right. we should do at some point. Yeah. But, oh, and if anybody thinks we're going to uh, answer some question <laughs> or or help you with this issue, this is uh, you now. should just turn this off now because really I think we're just sharing about where we're at. Yeah. You know, I, I know that so much of what any of us think about money has to do with how we grew up who we grew yeah. up with, what they talked about. Totally. Uh, when, if you had a parent that often said to you, money is the root of all evil, <sighs> then what do you think you're going to grow up thinking about money? That it's bad, yeah. right? Yeah. If you are in a culture that sort of shows rich people as bad people, mm -hmm. why would you want to be one? Mm -hmm. Like subconsciously, you... You'd Sabotage. be pushing that away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all the time. Right? Right. Uh, huh. It's really energy, I think, right? When it comes down to it, it's like energy. 
Like if I'm charging X dollars for a brand kit, I'm I'm giving you my creative energy and you're paying for that. And and I value it at X number. Mm-hmm. And the other person could be coming from Fiverr where they can get a brand branding done for like hundred bucks or fifty bucks. They're gonna see it as you know, too expensive or something. But then, right? you know, I just got a new client the other day and the 2000 was like, the way that he was communicating it was, it was actually low. That's how much I charge right now. Right. The 2000 was like, oh, that's it? <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's all just relative. It's all and relative and it's all perception. Energy. Yeah, yeah. It is. And, and again, I don't want to go too deep into pricing. Yeah. Because I think that's a whole other conversation. Right. But the only way I know to tip the scales around money for you personally, and I don't mean you, but a person personally, mm-hmm. is to, number one, you have to find out what your conversation about it is. Mm-hmm. What is your relationship with it? What do you think about it? How does it feel to you? Because until you can recognize that, you can't change it if it needs to be changed. Hmm. And even though I'm aware, and I think I become more aware as I go of, of my various conversations around money, it, it takes continued work uh, to transform that, to change that, to move the old perception out of the way and create a new one. Because it's mm-hmm. just perception. It is just a viewpoint. It's just the way I see it as it relates to me. Yeah. Can we get into the weeds for just a second about like, so that we can, you know, this isn't too high level, but like the specifics of it for me lately have been, um, you know, for a a large period of my life, I would kind of avoid money. Like I would avoid looking at it. I didn't want to know what my balances Mm -hmm. were, my debt, like all that, my credit score. Um, And I think one of the biggest things that you can do and this is definitely isn't like money advice or anything. <laughs> this is the farthest thing from that. But um, being honest, so like having a hard, honest look at the money that you have, the debt that you have, the assets that you have, and the money coming in. And then from there, like you're not lying to yourself. So there's no shame. There's no guilt. Like it's all just, it, it is really just numbers. And it, just it can facts. be a game. Yeah. I, and I've started to look at it more as a game and it's kind of fun. Because then you take the identity of the emotion out of it more and you can just live your life and do your work and the money will, will come. And, and then the next phase after that for me has been focusing on, this sounds silly, but like cash flow. So the um, barely making it, rinsing and repeating thing, I think yeah. comes from focusing on one you know, it comes from focusing on the specific payment and not the bigger picture. So um, focusing on the one sale that you have tomorrow is great, but focus on the bigger picture. Like what's the value you're creating? What's the framework you're using? What's the system that that falls within? Do you have support with that? Then you can start to create cash flow every month because it's repeatable. And that for me, I've, I've started to create more and more of that and it, it's freed me up. I don't, cause ultimately at the end of the day, um, 
if you have cash flow, it, that's freedom. Like that's energy and resources that you can use that gives you space from the money. And then with that yeah. space comes more money typically, right? Well, and without getting too deep into pricing, mm-hmm. uh, even though you really want to, I can tell. <laughs> um, a long time ago, when I first started coaching, I charged people, you know, an X amount of money for 10 calls or 12 calls over six months, let's say. So it was a larger amount up front and paid in full. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we'd do our calls over about six months. Now, some people, it would take longer than that because of schedules, et cetera. And I was always having to chase that next sort of big ticket sale. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You get what I mean? Yeah. Which, by the way, is also harder to sell. Sure. Uh, All I did was switch to a monthly model where people pay me monthly and not all at once up front. It changed my cash flow. It changed my ability to sell what I do. And it made everything better. Mm. So sometimes it, it's just a really simple uh, structural flip in how you get paid. It, right. The amount doesn't even have to change. It's yeah. just a matter of how it gets distributed. Sometimes. Right. That's. I know we're trying to avoid <laughs> pricing, but... Let's just assume this isn't really around pricing, but something that I've that you just reminded me of that I've been doing that feels so much better is, you know, in in like sales and programs and marketing programs and stuff like that, we're kind of taught to like, you know, get the payment right away and like get as much as you can. And if they can't uh, make the whole payment pay up pay up front, then charge them more for each payment and all that shit. And like I, I stopped doing that a long time ago. I only did it a few times. Um, but now instead I, I want to take it in pieces. Like mm-hmm. I don't even want to take it all up front, which may go against best practices for like cash flow. Cause you can do more with that in, with that cash. But for me, it's such a creative process that if I, there's this weird incentive, well, it's not even weird. Like we obviously want and need money. So if I do 50% up front and then 50% upon completion, then I'm more um, excited and incentivized to get to completion. And so that all that is is an energy like dispersion. Is that the right word? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm dispersing the energy, just like you said, instead of chasing that one big thing and then having it go for a long time and you know, you're, you don't feel like you're getting paid for it almost because you took it all up front. Now yes. you're just it's a more it's balanced. Yeah, and I, and I like what you said, too, about uh, getting honest, getting real, checking the facts. Mm-hmm. I said a few minutes ago that the first half of the year, I was getting a little weird around money, and, and I couldn't figure out why, because there was nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. But I remember one mm-hmm. day waking up and really feeling like there was something wrong. So I, so I went, okay, let's go check. So I checked every bank account, I checked savings accounts, I checked nice. investments accounts, I looked at all the bills, I looked at everything, and I sat there and went, wait a minute, there's nothing wrong. Now, I may not be at my next goal, which I think is 
that's what the trigger was for me, right? Right. Like maybe feeling stuck, like I wasn't moving towards it. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is there's nothing wrong. There's no saber-toothed tiger at the door. Why my brain does not need to go into fight or flight mode. It just doesn't have to do that. Right. But it took getting real about the facts to be able to, to uh, shift out of that mode of thinking. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's so interesting. I guess that could apply to so many things. It like, apply to a like, lot of things. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, relationships or your own, just like yeah. your self-esteem, your energy, self-esteem, happiness, all that. It's, it's, all, it's all the same, which means that money really is kind of made up in a good way. It's, you know, it's very intangible, especially now that we don't have like cash and stuff. So mm-hmm. really, I mean, almost treat your money like you would having a coach, like a, a life coach or a mindset coach. Like it's all in the same vein. We all well, have it is, money it's all, blind spots. It is all made up. It's completely yeah. made up. Yeah. And any meaning you have around it is coming from you. Right. Got and of it. course, there's a lot of cultural uh, influences. Meaning programming that we get every time we look at Instagram or turn on the television and really turning on the television ads uh, traditionally have been made to make you want things you don't have, which ultimately makes you feel like you don't have enough and you want more money to be able to have those things that you don't have. And I don't care who you are. We all have a little bit of that. And that's, that's programming. It's not real. It's not real. Right. Um, side note, we have a trash truck appearance, which we haven't yeah, had in I a like while. I like your trash truck, man. It makes, it's I kind like of, it. it's kind of exciting, right? Like it's a thing. It's right there. It's, it's a been thing. a while. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm glad to know that, uh, the systems there at uh, Hermosa beach are working and mm-hmm. that uh, you're getting your trash mm-hmm. taken out. It's, imp- it's oh, important. Yeah. It's exciting. You know, we got to pay the, the trash bill. Well, so, you know, we didn't answer any questions about mm-hmm. money, which is good because we are not financial experts. But I do think it's something that mostly people are afraid to talk about. Yeah. I don't like talking about it any more than you do. Yeah. At least not my own money. I'll be happy to talk about yours. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, it's important that we talk about it. And that we share with each other how difficult it can be or how easy it is. And maybe by sharing about it in a really real way, Mm. I can learn something that I didn't know before or somebody else can learn something from me. Right. And uh, that's all there is, right? Yeah. Have someone else. I mean, that's been a game changer for me too. I have a coach and... For the first time, probably ever, I gave him everything. I said, here's every last cent. Here's where it is. Here's how it's coming in and what's coming in. And it was vulnerable because I'd never really done that. And Mm -hmm. uh, since then, things have really been changing because you get new perspectives. Yeah, you you change your viewpoint, right? A hundred percent. You change your viewpoint. You also get to have him or her help you prioritize. I was kind of looking at the wrong angle. And now that I'm looking from this angle, it's like, oh shit, there's a lot of room here. And there's a lot of opportunity. So again, going back to support. I want to leave this with one thing. 
So whether you, if you're listening to this and you uh, notice that you have a difficult or challenging relationship with money, as most people do, mm-hmm. uh, know that you can change that. Nice. That yesterday's self, the self you were yesterday, is gone. It's an illusion. It doesn't exist. You can change your relationship. You can grow your relationship with money or with anything else. So I'm going to go make some money. I'll talk to you later. (laughs) Me too, man. Hey, thanks for listening today. We'd really appreciate it if you could just take a sec and follow us on your favorite podcast listening platform. That would help us out tremendously. And of course, if you ever want more information about upcoming episodes or past episodes or anything else about the show, you can go to subtleartofnotyelling.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.